Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 524. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and today I am thrilled to have David Conley, the owner of Limitless, here with us. Now, I got to tell you, we were joking about having David do the intro because the first thing I said to him was, wow, you have a radio voice. So, David, actually, I just want to throw it over to you and see what type of intro you would give for today's show. I know I put you on the spot there. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Kim Sutton's Positive Productivity Podcast. I'm your guest and your guest introducer, Dave Conley, and I'm going to be talking today about positive productivity and how I have changed my life and how I change the life of my clients every single day. Dave, I might have to have guests start doing that every single episode. I absolutely <laughs> love that. You know, you've actually got Just, me inspired yep. now. Like, have the guest introduce the episode right? and put it in instead of the number at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I love it. Right. It's like, Hey, yeah. Who are you? What's going on? And why, why, why should you listen to me? Yeah. yeah. Why, why the heck am I here? And why do you want to stay to listen to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really cool story and I think you'll like it too. Oh, <laughs> How about so that? <laughs> that's an awesome segue. So I'd love for you to share a bit of your story. Hmm. Mm. So, you know, I was thinking about this that, you know, I started my career in a really funny place where uh, I was I was meandering in college. I had like a couple of hundred credit hours and I was not getting a master's or Ph.D. I was just like fumbling around. And uh, m my best friend called me and said, you know what? My company is just hiring stupid and clearly you are qualified for that. So why don't you come on down? <laughs> and I said, fine, I'll come on down. And I did an interview and uh, I left there. And a few days later, I got a call and they said, hey, congratulations. We'd like to offer you the position of project manager. I'm like, cool. What's a project manager do? And they they immediately skipped over that one because, again, not the smartest guy there. And they said, OK, what would you like to make? And I and I did the math quickly in my head and I said, man, I would be rolling in it if I made thirty thousand dollars a year. And they said, that's good because it starts at 40. And I'm like, OK. And that's when I began my career. And it was total serendipity that I both loved it and was good at it. And I happened to land in an amazing company that was changing the world. My very first job out of college was to get 32 million people on the internet for the very first time. I was project manager for AOL. Oh, my goodness. So if you use the internet in the 90s, you use the software I was responsible for and the 400 of us that put it together and changed the world. It You've was, got mail. You've, right. Yeah. <laughs> You've got mail. Yeah, I know. I still sometimes think about that. And I sometimes wake up in the middle of the night thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> well, that wasn't your voice. How did you miss no, that no, role? No, it wasn't my voice. Like, you should have been the voice for you've got mail. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was great at my job and I got promoted. I was the youngest executive or among the youngest executives at the company. And I was increasingly just really miserable at it. And... So after 11 years of it, you know, I've, I just, I asked for a package and I was gone um, and I blamed everything else. I blamed the, the AOL Time Warner merger. I blamed bureaucracy. I blamed my boss. I blamed lack of vision in the company. I blamed everything. And this was a theme that ran into my next job when I got called to be an executive at in the government and uh, to bring some private sector thinking into the public sector. And I initially started that job and I was so excited to do it. And uh, then I started getting miserable. The exact same misery was going on. And that was the cornerstone of like starting a little bit of realization that, okay, what is it about me? Not about all the things that were going on. Because again, it was like, oh, my miserable boss. Oh, the bureaucracy. Oh, this, you know, and I was, I was working with brilliant people that really had a passion. And I also was working with some people that you would imagine are, you know, kind mm -hmm. of classic government bureaucrats. But it was the it was the looking at the world through the can'ts and the won'ts and the don'ts 
rather than the cans and the wills and the do's. And I was making this cage of my own making where I really thought that this was it. This was my lot in life. And I wasn't going to get what I wanted out of my life. I was just going to do this. And I thought it was my accomplishments, my title, my budget, that those were the important things to me. And I had a, God, I had a great, great marriage. I've been married for 13 years, but I was miserable in that job. I was smoking a pack of cigarettes a day and I weighed 330 pounds. And one day my wife, Carol, she got sick and she was on the couch and which was weird because she's uh, one of those people where, you know, even when she was sick, she was still moving just a little bit slower. And I got back from that miserable job and she was still on the couch sick. And so I took her to the hospital. And the doctor said, you know, let's keep her overnight and see what's going on. And I, I fell asleep in the bed beside her and uh, I woke to alarms going off and them rushing her gurney down the, the hallway and she'd had a stroke. And uh, a few days later, I had to turn off the life support. Wow. And uh, my whole world stopped. It was, you know, I couldn't work, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, like everything stopped. And it was at that point where just a little, just a little story started going on in my head. And it was just like, it was, it was a question. It's like, you can live to see the sunrise or you can die. This is your choice. And I chose life and I didn't know what to do, but it was just a powerful feeling of like, okay, what can I do? And it was that point, it was just, I can drink some water. And I had to remember to do it. I didn't have like a natural thirst function. I had to drink water. And that was the point where I realized I had a little bit of control and that that was a little bit of self-care. And that was the cornerstone. That was the little bit of like holding on with my fingertips. It was a little bit of self-care. And that started to build on itself slowly uh, because then I started to eat a little. And then I started to move a little. And then it started to snowball into like, oh, I can get back to work. I can be productive again. And these are the things that I can uh, do for myself. And that was the beginning of like, okay, it's not the no's and the can'ts and the won'ts and the don'ts. It's like, okay, you have some control. Uh, you have the cans and the wills and the do's that are around you. And it started with the self-care. So it's not like every day was amazing. There were a lot of setbacks, but over the course of three years, I lost uh, 150 pounds. I quit that job and I quit smoking and I started the life I always wanted to live. Uh. And that has begun a journey in the last uh, seven years of just remarkable work and now helping other people really realize their dreams because the thing about uh, really getting at your dreams and getting at the yeses in your life is really understanding what that cage is and starting with what are the things that you can do for yourself today? Because the more and more work that you can do for yourself, so much more that you can bring to your family, to your friends, to your relationships, to your vocation, to your community and your legacy at large. And it starts with you. And so much of our world is built up with spend all your time in your vocation because you're told, Go have a job. You're supposed to have a job. Spend all your time on your kids because you're supposed to raise your kids. Nobody's saying don't raise your kids. Nobody's saying don't have a job. It's just that we spend all of our time there and we take all of the agency of the one place that we do have control and we wipe that out. And that is starting with yourself. And that's where I started the path of radical self-care 
really focusing on yourself first so that you can bring so much more to your family, so much more to your vocation, so much more to your community. Because no one, if anyone stands up in front of you and says, I know the secrets of the universe because I lost my wife. I lost my dog. I lived through some sort of cancer that I was never supposed to live through. I got struck by lightning. Shame on them because I had everything in me, every resource, every bit of knowledge and everything I needed to make all of the changes that I wanted in my life. And you do too. It is not unique. It is not crazy. It is not some sort of like hidden scripture somewhere. You already have it. You have it today. And that's what I do with my my clients is that I've opened up this book, this manual that you were supposed to get when you were born. And I'm just reading from it. And all they do is nod. And like, I can do that. I can drink water. You know, <laughs> like, yes, you've been doing it all your life. Why do you think it's, that book is like the hidden sea scrolls, though? Like, seriously, <laughs> right? why, why is it so hard for some of us to find? It took 30 years for me to find it. And actually, I would have to say another six years to even understand it, if that makes any sense. Totally makes sense. Thank you. I think about that a lot. Uh, because there's no shortage of people. It's like, okay, these are the, I mean, you see it online. It's like, do these three things and, you know, it'll, you know, write your world. And none of the stuff is crazy. It's like, you like, you hear it all the time. It's like, and, and people feel guilty about it. It's like, oh, you know, I'm supposed to meditate. God, it's really hard. You know, I'm supposed to get like good sleep. I'm supposed to eat right. I'm supposed to exercise. I'm supposed to do those things. Right. And you don't. And this is what it turns out to be is that until the feelings for what you're doing at any given point is greater than what you want to be doing, then you're going to keep on doing what you're doing, meaning old patterns will keep on reasserting themselves. And those old patterns go back way, way back. They go back some to the, the points when we were at our youngest because we learned safety patterning that happened really, really young. And that safety patterning says, do these behaviors and you're going to be safe and you're going to be loved and you're going to have community and you're going to have these things. And so keep doing it. And those old patterns reassert themselves over and over and over again. And so if it was easy to meditate, if it was easy to exercise, if it was easy to eat right, if it was easy to do that self-care, everyone would do it and we wouldn't have anything to talk about. It's those early things that get to the core of what we are. And the, and the thing about it is that it's tied up in our identity, in our beliefs, in our behaviors, in our habits, and in our environment. So when it's all tied up in who we are, then yeah, it's going to be hard to make the changes. But once you start asking really simple questions, really simple questions of yourself, it turns out you can change anything. How's that for a setup? <laughs> oh, my gosh, David. Did you know I have chronic idea disorder? Mm. Don't same, me. same. Okay. I come up with ideas all the time. <laughs> but I actually just had another podcast episode right before yours where we were discussing how I want to see like mindfulness programs in schools. I'm a mom of five. I have yep. three-year-old twins up to a 16-year-old. And actually... I'll get back to what I was about to say in just a second, but I actually just had my son over the summer read Think Better, Live Better mm -hmm. by Joel Osteen because he was just really not in a good mood. Mm. And, and he was being really down on himself. And this mm. is a type, it, with or without the Christianity aspect, I think these are the types of books that our kids need to be reading mm -hmm. and that, our, that the parents need to be encouraging with their kids. But while you were talking, I mm. put two and two together. I want to create a children's book series and I want you to narrate it. Like done, make, a whole, make a whole YouTube series of empowerment and getting rid of the, you say it different. I've always used shoulda, woulda, couldas. Mm -hmm. Getting rid of that for kids. Like I was thinking about, I share Dr. Seuss's birthday. Maybe that, um, maybe that assigns or maybe that explains some of my quirks. But, you know, <laughs> I, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I need to pull out all the places that we'll go. 
or all the places mm-hmm. you'll go, you know. Mm-hmm. But there needs to be more than just that. There's yeah. veggie tales for for Christian kids that are all of these yeah. moral stories that go along with the Bible. But where's the mindfulness and the personal empowerment and this the videos that get rid of limiting beliefs? Because even as young as three, four, and five, which is where my youngest are, they're starting yeah. to get those limiting beliefs in them. And we learn them. Mm-hmm. You just nailed it. We learn them because yep. we're born differently. We are born in states of like love and like accepting and like wonder and questioning. Like we are constantly as as little, you know this from like your young, young children. Like all they do besides being eating and pooping machines is like they are constantly exploring their worlds. Their curiosity is intense. Their ex- exploration is amazing. Like they're always pushing the the their boundaries to see how they can thrive and be a human being. Yes. And we learn to limit those things. That's, you know, that's crazy, right? We can, and that means, and the best part about that is that we can unlearn it. We can learn to do different things. Absolutely. In full disclosure, there is a box of sandwich bags spread all across my kitchen floor right now. Mm-hmm. Because my three-year-old son, David, decided this morning that putting sandwich bags on his feet makes him into a robot. Awesome. I, yeah. You know what? I'm going to do that today, too. Yeah. I'm going to put sandwich bags on my feet because I can want to be a ro- robot, too. Yeah. And I, I'm <laughs> so tell me more. Yeah. But I don't want to tell him not to do it. I mean, my husband and I are yeah. both artists. Yeah. So I, as, as much as I just wanted to say, put the bags back because I don't want to go to the store and buy another box. <laughs> right. Like, that is so amazing. And uh-huh. they took their baby do- or their a brown haired Barbie doll a couple of weeks ago and dec- and colored her face to make her look like the bearded lady from The Greatest Showman. Oh, yeah. wow! It's amazing. Like I, I love those artistic expressions. What I don't mm-hmm. like are the artistic verbal expressions when they're combating mm-hmm. us and telling us no, they don't want to do this, you know. But mm-hmm. it's a struggle as a parent, like telling them no, they can't do this. Because we could be building those limiting beliefs. Yeah. But we could also be keeping them out of trouble. Yeah. You know? But yeah. yeah, it's hard. But oh, the places you'll go, you can go anywhere you want. We'd prefer that you stay out of jail and that you do something awesome with your life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. or if you're in jail for the right reasons like not for you know, like committing a crime but right, maybe exactly. <laughs> you know visiting and caring for someone that would be awesome <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i mean my my now 16 year old was expelled with three years or with three days left of sixth grade because he stood up to a bully oh. <laughs> he had three days in perfect attendance but he got tired of getting bullied turned around and pushed the kid maybe he punched the kid yeah. I, i've decided not to forget exactly what he did but yeah. like, you know, there's good reasons to be expelled. There's good reasons yeah. to be in jail. You know, I'm not yeah. saying that if you're at a rally and it's for a good cause that that's a bad reason to be in jail. But anyway, no, we, we need to feed children from even those young ages when parents like me use electronic babysitters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So your wife died again. I'm so sorry about about that. Mm. I can't even imagine how painful it was, but you went back to work. Sorry to be circling back around. Now, how long did it take you to go back to work? And did you find yourself treating your work differently when you went back? I'm not sure how long it took. I know that I was getting a lot of questions of whether or not I was going to come back. So I'm going to say it was probably in the realm of months, not, Mm -hmm. not days. So, you know, let's, I mean, like, you know, that whole period was a little bit blurry. I'd say imagine. about probably about three months before I was like, okay, I'm going to come back part time. Right. And I did. And it was a struggle to just stay focused. Fortunately, you know, as, as much as I really disliked my job and the environment and all of those things, uh, I was super numb. And the really kind part about the organization was they basically put me in a place where I was somewhat productive, but also completely harmless. You know, like I was <laughs> like nothing I was doing was going to like make or break the organization in any way, shape or form. But, you know, it, it was productive work, uh, which uh, I and, and not just busy work and warehousing me. So that was that was very kind of the organization. And that got me 
did it get me thinking differently? I not at that point. My thinking differently at that point was trying to put my life back together exactly how it was, just with different person, different people, and uh, not really knowing what I wanted. And so it was it was really just a mad scramble of I don't like my life it is as it is now. I just want what I had, and so I'm going to try and recreate it again. That started the healing journey and down the right direction. And I don't regret any of that. But that was the initial thing, which was like, okay, put everything back. The bomb's gone off. Let's put it back together. Thank you for that awesome explanation. Like, I I just, I don't even know if three months would be long enough for me. I, I just can't imagine. How did you start to see that you wanted to make a shift in your career? Like, when did you actually decide to start Limitless and make the exit from your business? Or was there something, or from your job, was there something in between then? Or did you go straight from the the government job into Limitless? So I got a great question from a from a friend of mine. And she said, you know, when were you happiest in your career? I'm like, huh, that's a good one. And that's easy. I was like, okay, it was right at the beginning of the dawn of the internet. And, uh, you know, because what everything we touched was turning to gold and, and, but, you know, it was just like such an exciting time. And then she asked me the question that put me back on my feet, which was like, which was this, why? I'm like, huh. Why were you happiest then? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what was, what was that all about? And that got me thinking. And uh, yeah, sure, you know, like like this this uncharted water and this this uh, this cool work and working with brilliant people, all of that. But what it came down to was that was it was making a difference for another person. And this was back in the day when you had phones on your desk, right? And so when we did something wrong on the service, my phone would start ringing. And I'd be like, put it back, put it back, put it back. We don't want that. I'm like, okay. You know, we'd get pretty immediate feedback. And when we did something, you know, worse, uh, you know, not only would my phone start ringing, but then I would get like executives knocking on, you know, my door saying, okay, this has got it. This isn't good. And when we did something really, really wrong, you know, it would end up on the front page of every newspaper on the planet. And that was the point where it was like, oh, you know what? This is about real people and making a difference in their lives. Uh, Like, you know, like we were introducing the Internet to people. Like if you remember the time before the Internet and you remember the time after the Internet, you know, it's like it's a big difference. And so like really opening up people's worlds and That turned out to be why I was getting so miserable because I kept on getting promoted. I kept on getting further and further and further away from feeling like I was making a difference for individuals. I was now managing people, then managing managers, then managing, managing managers. And I was getting further and further away from feeling like I was making that difference for someone. And so when I went to the government, I did it again. Right. Like I was an executive again. And like, why am I miserable? It's like, because I'm not making the world safe for, you know, patent attorneys. That's not something I really want to do. Uh, so I quit. Like I quit. Like I, I quit poorly. You know, like literally like here's my badge. Here's my here's here's the keys to my office. I'm out. Thanks. And I went and I'm like, well, uh, I, I spent a couple of years, a few years starting companies as an entrepreneur in the tech scene because that's what I knew. Um, and then starting my own startup and then helping people start companies. And it was a couple of years back where my, my business wasn't really thriving. I wasn't super happy again. And so I was like, well, I have all the control here, Right. So like, what do I end up spending my most of my time doing? Like, what do I spend my free time doing? Like, well, I spend it in health and wellness. You know, like I lost a lot of weight and like, I love this. I like geek out and nerd out about all of the latest and the greatest and the cutting edge and the and science behind all of the stuff that I do and, and, you know, how people use these things and what's the, what's the industry like and on and on and on. Well, like, I wondered like, would people pay me to do that? And it turns out, yes, yes, they will. And so I, I spent a few months, um, I just two or three months actually revalidating my business, uh, kicking it over. 
initially what I'd started doing was helping people lose a lot of weight. So people who needed to lose a third or half of their body. And that was a great niche area because I had done it and that was very specialized. And I still work with people who need to lose a lot of weight. I've uh, shifted that to, I now introduce successful people to themselves. I help you align health and happiness with significant achievement. And the reason why it's evolved from helping people lose a lot of weight to uh, helping uh, people align their health and happiness, and particularly people who have big responsibilities, big vocations, is that it's the same work. It's the same work of moving someone from getting all of their validation, all of their satisfaction, all of their self-soothing, all of their ego, all of their, their identity built up from their vocation and from their jobs and feeling guilty about not spending enough time with their family and spending no time on themselves. It's the exact same process of saying, okay, hey, follow me. Come on. It's a fun journey. Let's go see this and let's go do this to journey back to yourself, introducing you back to yourself because that's where you were. That's where you spent a good chunk of how you grew up. Um, So let's come back to that and watch what it does. Watch what it does for your family. Watch what it does for your job. It's stunning. I'm so excited when my clients finally make that breakthrough and it doesn't take a lot of time. But they finally make the breakthrough and their relationships change and evolve and their jobs change and evolve and they always change for the better. And it's magic. And I just I just get so excited for the you know, my 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 friends who are in the the coaching uh, business, they always say, you know, be excited about the process, not the outcomes. And I just can't wrap my head around that. I'm so excited for the outcomes for my people because there's been a hundred percent success. Everyone Mm. I've worked with has made the changes that they wanted in their life. Wow. This is just a theme this week. Listeners, please don't get tired of me and unsubscribe. But I've been talking a lot about 95%. I've been playing the 95% game for years. Mm. Like, well, that's a a side effect of chronic idea disorder. Like, I'll (laughs) (laughs) I'll take a knitting analogy here. Like, I'll start knitting a sweater. For example, uh-huh. I started knitting a sweater for my husband and never yeah. completed it. And I'll start okay. knitting a, a blanket for one of my kids and never complete it. And a sweater mm. for myself and never complete it. But I've done the same thing in my business too. So, mm-hmm. and there are tons of ideas that I've started working on and programs that I wanted to build and offerings. And then there's mm-hmm. even things in my own personal life. Like mm-hmm. I fell off the healthy wagon last week when I was traveling. Sure. I'm so intrigued by what you did actually to to lose your weight because I'm on a weight loss journey myself. And yep. I was, okay, I am not geeking out on all the stuff like you are. Okay, but I know it's somewhere between keto and paleo. Dairy-free, corn-free, dairy, um, wheat-free. Um, what, what I'm doing. Okay. Because I've gone. Oh, what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. I, yep. I see. I, yep. I see. I thought you, okay, got yep. it. What I'm doing is wheat-free, corn-free, dairy-free. Okay, cool. But I fell off because I was traveling. My family mm-hmm. is in the, is in Western New York. And they, mm-hmm. they had all the classic Western New York foods while I was home. I haven't been mm-hmm. back there in three years. Yeah. When you put that food in front of me, like, and I know that's, I mean, it's like, this is not a good example. Because being on a weight loss journey is not the same as, like, being an alcoholic, okay? It, to mm-hmm. me, anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have to change the relationship with food. You do. So it's not like I was an alcoholic and they put the bottle of whiskey in front of me and I decided to pick it up. You know, to me, that would be a different thing. But Western New York has this classic dish called the garbage plate, which Mm -hmm. isn't as bad as it sounds. It's actually quite delicious. You can't Mm -hmm. just put one of those in front of me and expect me not to touch it. (laughs) All right, right. So let me just say that that and I drove back and forth and finding healthy food to eat on the highway, when you're driving for nine hours, yes, I could have packed a bag. I didn't even yep. think about it. Yep. So anyway, I fell off the healthy wagon and I'm trying to get back on. Hmm. But, you know, there's, I've had a habit. And I want to break this habit of doing 95%. Okay. And then 
because that other that last five percent would make the huge difference. So you want you want to do the ninety five or no? You I want, want to do I the hundred. I want okay, to stop gotcha. with the shouldas, coulda, wouldas. You know, right, right. What, what are the three words? What's the before and after that you use? The three words because you have well, so uh, can you get to can, will, and do? Or are you stuck in can't, won't, and don't? I'm it's stuck like, in oh, try. I can't do that. You know, I don't do that. Like, I won't do that. You know, it's like that's the that's the starting point for so many people. Where oh, no. are you stuck? No, I'm not stuck in can't, won't, and don't. I am okay. stuck in try. And gotcha. then I just stop trying on this thing and I move on to the next one. You know? Gotcha. But gotcha. I, if I just finished yeah. one thing, got it to 100%, and let that one keep on going while picking up another one. But I know, and maybe you've seen this with your own clients, that we try to yep. pick. Sometimes humans have a tendency to try to pick up way too many new habits at the same time. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's only so much change that we can probably that we can handle at any given point. And that's that's a that's a limiting thing for us generally. It's it's one of those things where we can in our consciousness, we can only keep about uh, five things, plus or minus two uh, things in our working working consciousness at any given point. You know, that's because that's our decision making space. That's where we, you know, we we make decisions and we keep like whatever's going on in our current like current working space, like right then and there. That's it. We can't think of any more things. If you try and think of 25 things all at once, it's not going to happen. So most of what we do, all of the biology, all of the, the deeper thinking, all of the other things, the thousands, maybe millions of other things that happen in our lives happens in are other than consciousness, call it, you know, subconscious. And that's where the magic is. And that's where a lot of the feelings and the processing and our past and, and thinking about our future, the, those, all those things happen there. So if you can imagine for a moment, you know, where you were when you had that, gabbit, that uh, garbage plate put in front of you and all sorts of, this was your family. This was all of the things about food and love and connection and that you grew up on. Of course you went after that food because it's the feeling, that warm, good, loving feeling that you had doing that. And like the th- idea of not doing that is an affront to to all of that. It's saying no to love. It's saying no to family. It's saying no to community. It's where you grew up. So yeah, of course you did that. That's that's 100% predictable. Yeah, thank goodness I'm not Italian. That's all I got to say. Because I can imagine it would have been, I mean, can you imagine being Italian? I don't know if you're Italian. But no. for Italian listeners, where you go home for the first time in ages, and there's this big Italian spread in front of you, mm-hmm. and you're on a wheat-free diet. Right. <laughs> or a gluten-free diet. Now, right. I just got to share. I thought I was being so good the week before I went back to New York, because I yeah. love my pasta. Mm. I picked up what I what said it was a gluten-free box. It was gluten-free. It didn't have wheat. But I didn't realize it was corn pasta. Okay. You and didn't I, want that either. Well, I'm, I'm, glu- I'm supposed to be. My husband picked me up a Big Mac today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't ask for it. I just want to put right. this out there. It just but showed up. It just showed up on my desk while I was recording my first podcast. That was embarrassing because, like, I'm talking, 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 go on mute. And all of a sudden there's a big neck in my mouth. She stopped talking and then I need to respond. Positive productivity <laughs> is not about perfection. Spit the big neck back in the box and keep on going. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it's a choice. I mean, I could have gone to the grocery and got my mustard greens and my avocados, but I made sure. that conscious decision. And then, and we do that, that we have to make that conscious decision in every day. And I, I have to share with you, because you you said so many things that just really struck me. I have mm-hmm. been in that 100% work mode, and mm-hmm. my, my family has gotten whatever's left over. Mm-hmm. And there's been, like, they've gotten whatever's left over, and then I fall asleep exhausted. Yep. I finally got myself, two years ago, when I went through just my aha, I, I got mm-hmm. myself back in a good sleep schedule. Hmm. which needed to happen. But I was yep. staring at my bathtub after I got back from traveling, and I was like, there are so many toys in here. It would be lovely to take a bath. I mean, those simple things of self-care mm-hmm. that just don't happen. But, sorry, I, see, I told you, listeners, it's part of my disclaimer before we get into an episode that I get really excited. 
And I sometimes forget <laughs> to stop talking. I, and I, it's infectious. I love it. You know, uh, Dave, I know a couple of people and I'm not going to uh, name names here. I don't know if they even listen, but I know, maybe I should say know of a couple of people who have gone through significant weight loss journeys mm-hmm. and they, two people that I'm thinking of actually had gastric bypass. Mm. And that is, that is a vast, very drastic way to go about it. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that it's any less work than doing mm-hmm. it any other way, but it is yep. sort of because your stomach is suddenly all the way to, you know, tiny and you, yep. you just can't go back to eating the same amount. But one ended up coming out of it with a social disorder because her stomach mm-hmm. just started rejecting everything that she ate and she started puking mm-hmm. all the time and she didn't want to be mm-hmm. around people. Right. And the other one took to alcohol. Mm. So, you know, you can have those significant achievements, yep. but there's often, and I don't want to say that the social disorder is a self-sabotage, but the, I would consider the alcohol a sort of a self-sabotage. You've had this, you have achieved significant weight loss, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden you're going to replace it with alcohol and make a fool out of yourself. Mm. So we have to figure out how to get, have those significant wins and then not self sabotage ourselves on the other side. Right. Yeah. Yes. And so alcohol, drugs, cigarettes, those are really complicated and how, how people get into those things, you know, that's addictions and food is a significant addiction. And uh, certainly for alcohol and drugs and, and cigarettes, those are things that very complex process of working on all of the things that went into it, the self-soothing, the addiction patterns, the, you know, the, the wounds, the, the escapism, all of the, the sicknesses and illnesses that, that go around very complex things. So, you know, I'm not the person to really dive into that world. But do you think Uh, work can be an addiction though too? Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly triggers the same, you know, uh, the same pleasure prints uh, patterns that we have. And uh, those are things like food. Those are things that uh, you're changing your relationship with those things. Uh, you don't go from being a heavily addicted smoker or somebody who's, uh, you know, uh, in, in trouble with alcohol or drugs to like a part time drug user. Yeah, that doesn't happen, right? Right. You have to change your relationship with food. You have to change your relationship with your work. You have to change your relationships with those things. That's very, very different than something that you have to stop and rebuild your identity around. Those are separate things. And I have worked with people who've had gastric bypass who've put all of the weight back on mm-hmm. because you can you can eat past it. And where that trouble often lies is that you are change. There, there are multiple levels of change in a human being. At the very, very upper level is your identity. It's whoever is wearing the "I am" T-shirt at any given point. It's like I am a, you know, and insert the insert the, whatever the noun is, right? And then right below that our beliefs, you know, what do you believe? Uh, and those are, those are really cool because those are completely malleable as are identities, but identity is, is something that, that is anchored in certain ways about who we are and beliefs. Beliefs are beautifully malleable. Like when I was a kid, I believed I was going to be a firefighter. You know, it's like, I don't believe that right now. You know, (laughs) there's a lot of beliefs in my world that are malleable and they change over time. I used to believe that it was really, really hard to make money. I don't believe that anymore because, you know, the, the universe has a sort of a sense of humor with me. It's like, if I believe something, it happens. So if I believe that, you know, it's hard to make money, boom, there you go. It's going to be hard to make money. I'm going to make sure that it's hard to make money. And I don't believe that anymore. Right underneath the beliefs are behaviors. And these are the things that we do uh, that are automatic, you know, our behaviors. And those get those get kind of like cemented in too. It's like we keep on doing those. And those are things that, that really get our feelings like really engaged. It's like we go this direction because we feel this way and we go another direction because we feel that way. And right underneath that are our habits. And those are things that we do regardless of our behaviors. Um, so like 
habit of maybe brushing your teeth. Uh, and then right underneath that, all the way down is your environment. And so we can drastically change our environment and that allows for change as well. So for gastric bypass, you completely change your environment, meaning you tightened uh, the amount of you know space that your your stomach can do. That's a massive environmental change. Here's the thing though. If you don't make the changes in your habits and behaviors and your beliefs and your identity, you will be stuck as a skinny fat person and you will figure out a way to get around it because that's who you believe you are. So working to make to change the beliefs that you have and to work to change the habits and behaviors so that you can re-identify yourself as somebody who is no longer a fat person, but somebody who is a fit person or somebody who is living the life that they want to live is a big process, but is available to everyone. I had all the resources built into me and I just started asking the right questions. And that's where it started. Whoa. I'm wondering where all the surveillance tools are that you picked up from the government and I've planted in my email, in my office and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it was I, the patent office. I had none of those. <laughs> uh, sure, whatever. You help patent secret surveillance tools that we just don't know about and you made a couple for yourself. So I've actually had patterns and mm -hmm. habits of when people ask for something, mm -hmm. for help, saying mm -hmm. yes, and mm -hmm. giving up time that I didn't have. It's not even that that time had been dedicated to other people or yep. to myself. I just mm -hmm. didn't have it, period. And I felt like if I said no, then yep. I was going to be letting somebody down. Right. And I was. I was letting myself down. Mm. But it took years to figure that out. Okay, let's just be totally serious. Finally, two nights ago, I blocked out my calendar and it's never going away now. This, mm. like, in my calendar now, like, it's, it's actually marked as free and busy. There are green blocks that are marked. I use Google Calendar listeners, and I want you to do this for yourself too if you're struggling with the same problem. I have green blocks that are marked as free that are called client time. If a client mm -hmm. goes to my calendar and wants to schedule, those are the only yep. times that are available. If I'm on a call with a client and they say, when can we meet next? I go to my calendar and I look for a green time that's not already scheduled. Yellow, maybe I better get a better color, is content creation. <sighs> but mm -hmm. it's marked as busy. Nobody can schedule there, including me. Like, I am not letting anything ever again get on top of my content creation time. And I stuck with it this morning. Nice. Somebody wanted to know when they could meet with me again. Mm -hmm. Kim, a week ago, would have said... Eh, any time that I have open. Yeah. But I realized last week, I was actually out of town for a two-day coaching intensive, that mm -hmm. I'm tired of this 95%. Mm. If I just got to the 100% on all these projects, then there would be yeah. income coming in. I would be making a better impact. I would have time for me. I would have time for my family. And I wouldn't be stressing about money all the time, taking on work that I don't have time for. Hmm. So, yeah. We need to... It's going to be a continual process for me and getting over that need to say yes to everybody else but I know I can do it I just need to I need to stop trying and just start doing well you made an environmental change meaning you blocked it on your calendar good for you that is a positive step what would you think about working on this with me real quick please I add, okay so I've, I've said it a couple of times and I don't want to leave your listeners just hanging I'm going to ask you some questions, and these are questions that changed me, and they go all the way through behaviors and identities, and we'll, we'll, we'll try and, we'll, and let's, let's see what happens. So the, the first is profound. I could not believe how big this question was for me, and I couldn't believe how big it can be for people because it's rarely asked. It's rarely asked of so many people that sometimes when I ask this one question, they break down. I couldn't believe how simple it was. Are you going to make me cry on my own podcast? Well, let me ask you the first question. We'll find out. What do you want? I want to spend more time with my kids and husband. I want to spend more time on myself. I want my kids to know that anything is possible. Mm. But they're not going to see that by seeing me work all the time. Nice. 
And I want to have time where I can just sit and relax without having to feel like I need to do something else. I don't know if that's possible with my personality, quite honestly, but I would love to give it a shot and see if it is. Oh, that's a belief. Uh, you believe that that's the case. Just let me point that out real quick. All right. So well, first actually, one is you know, what I'm going to go along with that really fast because when Game yeah, of Thrones course. season is going on, I can sit yeah. there and I can engage in relaxation without there thinking about the work I have to go do. There you go. Yeah. Nice. All right. So what you want is more time, more time for your family, more time for yourself, more time for your work. Is that? I don't want more time for work. Okay. More time for your family, more time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there a place in your life that you would like it first, more time? I'm going to, can I combine the two? I want to take a vacation with my family. Brilliant. Yeah. You want to take a vacation with your family. Okay. Second question. What will taking a vacation with your family do for you? Create lifelong memories. And one more time, creating those lifelong memories, what will having that do for you? Fill my heart with happiness. Okay, let's try this one. And filling your heart with happiness, what will having that do for you? Hmm. Give me peace. Hmm. Are you going to ask me what giving me peace is going to do for me? Because I don't know where I'll take it from there. What does peace mean for you? I don't know that I can say it any better than just quiet. So what you want is quiet. But that sounds sort of crazy because I want to spend more time with my family and that's not quiet. (laughs) 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 I'm just being totally honest here, but like I just wanted step back. I want to have time away from all the should be's, could be's. Mm. And that would feel yeah. awesome. I don't want my day to be run by the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, or should be, or could be's anymore. And so what you do want is what? A vacation. There you go. Okay. So how will you know when you have it? Mm. I don't think this is the answer that you're looking for, but... That I've no, actually this that, is I've, that I've actually booked it and it's scheduled and I know it's a non-negotiable. We are going on there, and then we're going to be there and then just enjoying it. Like I, I look forward. We're going to Disney. We haven't booked Brilliant. it yet. We're going in February, and Brilliant. I cannot. I might even buy a camera that is not attached to my iPhone, just so that my phone <laughs> is not. You know, because I have clients at this point. They might not be my clients then. That wouldn't hesitate to contact me even if I'm on vacation. Right, right, right. So I might just have to buy um, a camera just so I'm detached from the busyness. I want to detach from the busyness. Detach from the business. You want a vacation. You want to book it. You want to know that it's booked. You want to know that it's booked for February. That's how you know you will have this, right? Yes and no. Like I, I shouldn't be able to, I feel like, Okay, I'm pulling the shoulds in here now. Yeah. But I should be able to know that I'm having it without actually booking it. Like, I've already blocked out the time on my calendar. I just need to book the vacation. So you want to book the vacation? Yes. Okay. Well, is there anything you might lose that you value when you book this vacation? Oh, heck no. Okay. So these are the questions. What do you want? What will having that do for you? How will you know when you have it? When do you want it? Where do you want it? With whom do you want it? You answered all of those. And is there anything you might lose if you have it? So just walk through that. And you know what? That turns out to just like break people open and say, oh, this is what I want. In just a few minutes, what I just heard is what you want is you just want to book a vacation. And there is something that's stopping you. And that's what you want. And that's going to ripple throughout your business, throughout your life in so many different ways that is probably a little bit unpredictable. But today, you know that you can do one thing for yourself today, one bit of self-care that will ripple through your family. And that's booking a vacation to Disney World. Mm-hmm. Hey, Disney, we're accepting sponsorship and affiliate offers. right (laughs) that family of seven to disney yeah no i i'm so excited like i i i've already been 
visualizing what it's going to look like taking my kids, especially mm-hmm. the littles. None of my kids have been there. And my husband and I have not been to Disney since we were kids. Fun. So, you know, even as adults, there's still that magic. Mm-hmm. But I cannot wait. It's, you know, I never realized as a child how much enjoyment parents could get out of Christmas. But I get just as excited on Christmas as my kids do, like, just by seeing their faces. <laughs> right. And it, I, that's, I'm so excited to see them. It's not even necessarily, I want the magic. Right. Right. Yeah. And you can have it every day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I think that's even a, a deeper want, is I do want that magic every day. I want to take my kids to the park every day and not be, I, I feel like I'm a slave to my work. Listeners, yep. if you feel like a slave to your work, I'd love to hear your comments, which you can go to thekimsutton.com forward slash PP524 and leave your comments there. But we don't have to be a slave to our work. I feel like maybe it's not a conscious decision. Dave, I would love your opinion. It might be a subconscious decision to be a slave to our work, but we need, we can put a stop to it. You did. Mm. You can. Uh, you can put a stop to it. And I did, mm-hmm. you know, I live, a, I live a very integrated uh, life where my work, my play, my relationships, my day in and day out is very integrated. It, it flows and I just live my life. And there are times in my life when I'm paid for it. And there are times for my life that I pay myself uh, in, you know, using one metaphor, I guess, for both. And so, yeah, I, I intentionally engineered a very, um, very integrated life. And I've made a lot of changes in my relationships and my locations in my uh, vocation and in myself in order to make that happen. Not easy. And uh, there are things that I've decided to forego in my life right now. But here's the magical part is that once you start making those small changes, like for me, it was drinking water, like literally Mm. drinking water. It starts to build on itself, not linearly, linearly, uh, like like an uphill, it's work and it, or it's it's a new set of behaviors and, and habits that start to align with who you are. And it, for me, it really did start with, okay, what is it do I want? Like, what do I want out of this life? I want to be on my deathbed at the end of this life and mic drop it. I want it to be regret free. Like, holy smokes, I did this. You know, like I nailed life. You know, I'm ready for whatever might be next, if anything. And that's, that is just a powerful thing for me. It's like, this is whatever you may believe, whatever, whatever is, is in your belief structure, this is one life, right? Like whatever we, we know of, like right this moment is going to change. And like, I want to do this part of my life magic. And it's, it's happening. It happens every day. What do you want right now, Dave? That's been, something's been really evolving in me this year. I really started the year uh, with really wanting a big, deep, big, loving relationship. It had been a couple of years since I've, I've had been in a deep, big, committed relationship. And like, I really started the year. It's like, I'm going to, you know, like <laughs> I'm very competitive. I'm very, very driven in a lot of different ways. And I'm like, so I'm going to, I'm going to like really, I'm going to date with purpose. I'm going to, this is who I want. This is what I want. Like, I know what I want and like on and on and on. And that's been sort of a a process over the course of the year. And uh, real recently, I've decided to really put that on the shelf in a lot of different ways. Not just not driving it so hard because that was just a confusing, relentless sort of process for me that was really distracting me and, and really taking away from this integrated life. Like I was spending a lot of energy on it. And so I've just released that want and just put it on the shelf and I'm just letting things happen. And, and that's been really nice because it's taken all the pressure out of it. It's, it's, I feel like it's really sort of uh, moved me into like a better, more gentler space. And so like the things that I want right now are, I, 
how do I put this? Is recognizing that the things I want that I don't have control over and releasing those and being just magically okay with that. And that really happened with the relationship stuff because I don't have control over it, right? You know, like I need another human being to do that, right? (laughs) And so just releasing that was like really, really freeing and really nice. So what I want is to remind myself of the things that I don't have agency over. Just let it be. You know, like I don't like... Can I, I was, can I interrupt yeah. you for a second? Yeah, go ahead. Have you made a, a soulmate spec sheet? I, I don't know what that is. Okay. Tell me. So my husband, Dave, my husband's name is Dave. Great, he, great uh, name. Yes. He's my second husband. I was married to my first, and it was, mm-hmm. uh, it was just bad. And mm-hmm. I was getting ready to leave, and I watched The Bucket List, great movie. Mm. And it inspired me to create a soulmate spec sheet, which was never discussed mm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I sat there after watching it. It was my first time watching it. And I have a 57, I think, item long spec sheet of, wow. I decided that if I were to ever to date again, this is who I would be looking for. These are hmm. the qualities that they would possess. Wow. Now, full disclosure, I had not left my ex-husband. Like, yeah. I'm very transparent about that. Sure. Yeah. And, but I had an apartment. I was re- getting ready to leave him with my sons again it was not good at all and it was not safe either Mm. and i was on craigslist Mm -hmm. looking for furniture because that's all i had money for and i Mm. saw this little link at the bottom that said men looking for women (laughs) and part of my mouth listen actually i won't say it because we've been clean up to this point but i saw (laughs) that link and i said i'm just gonna go in there and see what bleeps yeah are in there looking for women I was prepared to see the worst of the worst, okay? Sure, yeah. I, was, I had no intention of dating. I was uh-huh. still married. Yeah. Second post I click on is, or was, my now husband. Dave, you found mm-hmm. Dave, second click. Yep. Wow. He, he had never posted on Craigslist before. He, was, wow. he had gone through all the other dating sites. He was yeah. fed up. He was finding the worst of the worst. Yeah. And that, he told me after we met, he said, that was my last effort. I was about to move mm-hmm. to Australia. Because I was just—he <laughs> really he'd was. already finished dating in the United States. He, he wanted he was, to move along. <laughs> he was, and um, yeah. So I sent him a message. Oh. Uh, if you're still single in six months, will you put your post back up again? Because I'd like to meet you. I mean, he had a novel. You know, usually these things are short. He had yeah, a two-page right. novel that went through yeah, like forty of the note. things that were on my soulmate spec sheet. Wow, that's well, that's amazing. We didn't wait six months. He drove over and met me two days later. So, and the story goes on from there. That's but beautiful. If you're single, listeners, make a soulmate spec sheet. Who are you looking mm-hmm. for? And the same as your ideal client. Yeah. If they don't meet your expectations, then don't date them or don't work with them or mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's amazing, though, how it just manifested, how he manifested after I created that. I was ready to be single for the rest of my life than never have to be in a bad relationship like that first one ever again. Wow. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah, uh, that's That's um, love stories. I love love stories, right? I, I thought love, like, um, you had me thinking about Sleepless in Seattle earlier. You know, you, mm. you remember how to breathe again, and you, yeah. you drink water and then eat yeah. There's a line in Sleepless in Seattle. Wow, I think this is a whole Sleepless in Seattle actually themed episode because she says it was like magic. And I thought <laughs> right? that was such BS. I was like, there's no way that love is, or that marriage or a relationship is ever like magic because it had just mm. never been like that for me. Mm. And it is if you find the right person. And so can your business and so can any experience in your life, including Disney. <laughs> including Disney. When are you yeah. going to book that, that Disney vacation? By the end of October. It's a big, hefty investment, and creating that money is not an issue. So I just need, not just need, I need to go and take a couple of projects to 95 to 100% to make that happen. Why, why are those gating factors in the next two weeks? There's only so much client work that I can do. And still have time for family and sleep and such. So these are actually a couple of programs that I'm launching. 
Okay. They've been built out for two years, but I've been scared to put them out there. And you have to do those two things before you book. No, they're going to be the one. They're going to pay for this trip to Disney. I understand. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, to, I want to stay on grounds. We're not doing Disney small. We're going to stay on grounds, you know, park passes, food. That's like a $10,000 vacation. And we don't, we don't do credit cards. So, so two, two, nice. So two weeks, two weeks, you're going to, you're going to book this. Mm-hmm. You're going to text me. You're going to call me when you say, Hey Dave, I'll call I, you. I yeah. love it. Love it. Yeah. And it, Listeners, if you have, and sorry, Dave, to just be going right over you to the listeners, but I just want to give you an idea. Like we being Team Awesome, my team and I, we have a group mentoring program that we've been talking about and I've sent out a couple emails, but never taken it seriously. We did the math and we look, just getting 10 people into that group a month Hmm. would add so much revenue, but also allow us to make such a bigger impact on our community. Love that. But we've been holding ourselves back because I've been holding us back. There's, hmm. We can make excuses all day why we need to work with the clients first, but we wouldn't have to work with all these clients if we did the stuff that we're really passionate about hmm. that was supplementing the income hmm. and was actually feeling or feeding our heart and our spirit even more than some client work. Not all client work. I won't name clients. But, you know, there's <laughs> just some that are just... Yeah, I should probably edit that whole part out, but I won't. You need to. Be, we, we need to be working with with clients that totally fuel us, and right. sometimes it's the hardest part that we need to get past when we're growing mm. our business. Is stop saying yes to everybody just because you're afraid of where the next money is going to come from. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's impossible to predict the future. You know, at my stock portfolio would look very differently if if I could predict the future. I'd, I'd play the lotto every day, you know, but I can't. And so staying out of that fear is like really important. It's like, it's okay. You know, like if you're doing the things that you want to be doing and you're doing them with the right people and you've proven yourself that you have actually gotten a client before, then you can do it again. It's okay. okay. And so just like keeping out of that fear mode of like, oh my God, I'll never get another client. People get stuck in there, and that's tough. You know, it's like, really? Do you really believe that? Like, no. When you actually get down to it, no. Oh, absolutely. I don't believe it. Right. But in the in those rare moments, right? It. Oh, I don't know if I wish is okay to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. I wish there was the ability to go back and kick my butt sometimes, and like <laughs> just hang up, like disconnect the line when right. I know I'm about to say yes. I could do that for you. Just be there invisibly, disconnect, and right. and put a little voice in my head saying, no, just no. You <laughs> just cannot. <laughs> you cannot do that. And do not even commit, Kim, to getting that done by end of day tomorrow or today. Mm-hmm. Today is even worse. I've done that too much. Yes, I can have that back to you today. Oh, no, Kim, right? you can't. You're already booked out for the next 36 hours. I've been using a phrase that I, that people really get and it makes me feel really comfortable rather than saying, you know, no or NFW or like getting, you know, getting cranky with someone. It's like, I'm really overcommitted right now. You know, I'm sorry. It's, it's just not going to happen. And people are like, okay. And I'm like, oh, people get that one. Uh, You know, that's because every, you know, I find out most of the people that I have contact with, they're feeling overcommitted. I'm like, okay, let's, uh, (laughs) I'm going to have to borrow that. Yeah, I'm just feeling overcommitted right now, and, I, and that's it's just not going to happen. Yes. Yes. Can you really not see me till the end of November? Yes, I'm really overcommitted right now. Yep. Yep. Thank you for that. That's going to be a life changer this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. I, yeah. I've been using it, and people are like, absolutely, I understand. <laughs> Nobody goes, what? Everybody goes, okay, yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Listeners, I want to know what the biggest ahas were that you got out of this episode. And again, I want to invite you to go to thekimsutton.com forward slash PP524, where you'll find the show notes, eventually a transcription and everywhere that you can find Dave online, which Dave, where is that? A really great place to find me is Limitless, and it's a it's a funny spelling. So it's there's no dot com, there's no dot org, there's none of that. It's l i m i t l dot e s. So it's Limitless without the last s. That is so much fun. I love that. Yeah. So oh. there, there will be a link to Limitless 
on the show you know notes. What? Yes. You know, what I'm going to do also is I'm going to put together a website just for your listeners. And it'll be at uh, Limitless slash Kim. Limitless slash Kim. And what I'm going to put together is a list of uh, things that you can do today to get hours of your life back. It's something that I work on with my clients. Uh, it's something that I love to work on my clients with. And it's something that you have absolute control over that you can do today. That is something that is absolutely happening in your life. And I'll just leave it at that. I'll tease you with that. So it'll be at limitless slash Kim. It'll be in your show notes and I'll put together a little web uh, web page for you. I love that. I'm intrigued. I'm going to have to check it out. Listeners that will be in the show notes as well. Dave, thank you so much for joining me today. I will be in touch to let you know when that flight is booked. And I, I'm i going to put the children's book series on the list for 2019. But I will definitely be in touch with that. If that, and I say if in a good way, not that I don't <laughs> want it to happen, but if that makes it to the top of the list. Thank you so much, Kim. This has been delightful. Absolutely has. Thank you as well. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? Golden nugget. Hmm. I'm going to repeat those questions real quick because they fundamentally change so many things. Um, it's what do you want? Like really seriously, what do you want? And it's got to be something you have agency over. Like what is it for you? Right. What will it do for you? Like, so what, how will you know when you have it? When do you want it? Where do you want it? How, you know, with whom do you want it? And if there's anything you might lose when you have it, ask those five questions, man, oh man, see the changes that you have in your life. That's my golden nugget. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. Mm -hmm.